Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how the current labor shortage is affecting the world of employment, and therefore, by extension, the world of real estate. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, but despite the historically low unemployment rate, we also have a labor participation rate of only 61.8%, and that's down sharply from pre-pandemic levels. If you go back to the 1960s, we had labor participation rates below 60%, but at that time, many women were not in the workforce and stayed at home as homemakers. Labor participation peaked around the year 2000 and 2001 at 67% as the number of dual-income households increased. But labor participation has fallen over the past 20 years to about 63.5%. We think that's because of the number of people retiring, before plunging to below 60% at the height of the pandemic. People who are no longer in the workforce still need income to live. They still need a place to call home. You've seen the help wanted signs all over. You've seen the recruiting signs at big box stores, restaurants, grocery stores, retail shops. The signs are everywhere. Every construction contractor I know is hiring. Despite all the hiring, people are also quitting their jobs at rates we've not seen since the start of statistics gathering. 4.16 million people quit their jobs in the U.S. last month, down from a record 4.36 million people quitting in September. The number of job openings in the market is hovering between 11.5 to 12 million jobs consistently over the past several months. These, too, are record high numbers for job openings. But at the same time as these jobs are going unfulfilled, companies all over the world are making investments in new levels of automation. Business owners are examining what it takes to perform each job. You're seeing rows upon rows of customer-operated checkouts at the grocery store being added. A single clerk and a security guard can oversee a dozen checkout lanes. The capital expenditure is made once, maybe refreshed every few years, and the savings and labor are pretty tangible. If you can't hire anyway, then in some ways you have no choice but to invest in automation to get the job done where people are either not willing or not available to do the work. I was speaking with the owner of a business today who earlier this year spent $30,000 on a piece of equipment. That equipment would replace the equivalent of a person working for a salary of $45,000 to $50,000 a year. You see, in construction, the site supervisor receives a set of plans, and then the carpenter spends time reading and understanding the plans, making measurements on pieces of wood, cutting the wood to size before assembling it, and that $30,000 laser can simply project the entire layout precisely onto a pattern. The tradesperson just matches up the boards with the laser pattern being projected. A few seconds saved, multiplied by hundreds and hundreds of measurements, can add up when you do that tens of thousands of times over the course of a year. In an inflationary environment, that salary might need to increase by 10% in the next year. But the equipment is still going to be doing its job next year and the year after that. That job was replaced, and it's gone forever. The more advanced companies are taking a larger global approach to understanding their systems. They're looking at the total cost of labor and materials. For example, in construction, if you look at the way a wood frame building is constructed, you can save a bunch of time and money if you just look at the problem from a more global perspective. You could save money and time in both the electrical and plumbing if you take those disciplines into account. Imagine for a moment that you're paying an electrician or a plumber to drill holes through every floor joist in order to feed wiring or pipe. Imagine how inefficient that is, yet it's commonplace practice today on the construction site to have several days for those trades to do the rough-in for the wiring and the plumbing. Imagine, on the other hand, if those joists came to the construction site already pre-drilled at predetermined locations 
and ready to pull wire. The time savings would be substantial. Drilling those holes in a factory setting would be much more efficient. But this approach requires global systems thinking rather than local optimization. See, in local thinking, the electrician does their work, the HVAC contractor does their work, the plumber does their work, and every once in a while they collide and cause rework for each other. But with global systems thinking, you look at the bigger picture and you optimize the whole, not just each local silo. In our business, we're already offering cost of living adjustments to our employees. We value our team members, and with inflation running above 7%, we know it's going to take at least a 10% wage increase for employees to feel like they're holding their ground. We also know that we will have to increase prices to eventually cover those rising costs. It could be that we're starting to enter the beginnings of a wage price spiral, but that's a discussion for another day. In cases where we cannot find the labor, then hiring immigrant labor is often the next best solution. We already regularly outsource small projects that lend themselves to outsourcing to experts around the world when we can't find the local staff to fill a role. All of this is changing the way work is being done and forcing business owners to exercise creativity in solving labor shortages. Historically, we've tended to think of demand for real estate as being driven primarily by the availability of jobs in a specific area. But as the landscape is changing for employment, we might also see an impact on the demand for real estate in specific locations. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.